0: Humans. This is Brandon with episode 46 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show, the world's greatest podcast about the world's greatest heroes. They keep coming back, so I'll introduce them. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. How are you now? Wonderful. <laughs> and Josh. Hello, humans. This week we'll be covering Detective Comics number 1037, Wonder Woman 773, Batman the Detective number 3, Batman Urban Legends number 4, Justice League Last Ride number 2, Joker number 4, Joker Presents the Puzzle Box number 1, which is our digital exclusive title future state gotham number two and rorschach number nine before we get going i just want to say thank you to all of our patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month and thank you listeners too like download and share our episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content you can get access to our patreon and the rest of the not a robot podcast shows at notarobotpodcast.com but before we get into our books this week what's new with you guys this week what news do we have to share
1: well, I was reading something this morning and I'm just trying to find it now, but the, um, I guess CGI editor or or director of CGI for Ant-Man and the Wasp and Men in Black uh, International, I think it was, has joined the Green Lantern movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be good because <laughs> awesome. I, I thought that's the CGI in Ant-Man was friggin on point
2: it definitely was
0: mm-hmm.
1: and on top of that so by the time this comes out we'll also have a bonus episode out for all you lovely listeners out there DC if you didn't know has released their Pride special issue this week And we're going to have a special episode covering that, as well as a Marvel special episode covering Marvel Voices Pride in a couple of weeks. So DC1 should be out now, and keep a lookout for Marvel coming soon.
2: Yeah, you guys are recording the Pride episode today, aren't you? We are. So, look forward to hearing it, man. All right, uh, do you guys watch the Superman and Lois TV show?
1: Unfortunately not yet, but I really want to. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I haven't caught up on it. it.
2: Uh-huh. it's it's literally the best CW show ever made not just superheroes but it's literally the best one that they've ever made um, at least on part with Supernatural <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it really is fantastic and anyway in the last episode uh, Morgan Edge and this is wildly different than the comics but in the TV show Morgan Edge has come out and he's actually Kryptonian now that wasn't something i was expecting is that do either are either one of you aware of any storyline in dc where that was the case
1: not that i know of
0: no Uh,
2: me either so it's a totally different uh different route there but everything is great this this show i don't i i you know i like to complain about cw and greg Berlanti, but this is fantastic uh, what else? Oh, uh, just announced Fables is coming back to DC black Label. Sweet, <laughs> yes, it is. Oh man, I guess they're going to be doing crossovers in the black label universe too with all kinds of different heroes in DC, so that could get really interesting. That'd be really
1: awesome. That was a
2: vertigo imprint, wasn't it? Yeah, originally. Um, uh, according to literally every issue we read this week. Static is coming. We finally have confirmation milestone is is actually going to be printed. It's not going to be pushed off again. It's in motion, so I'm excited. And uh, also, going back to TV, or at least Netflix, the He-Man trailer is out. Go out and watch it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm so goddamn excited about yeah. this thing, it's not even <laughs> funny, man. I grew up loving... He man, I used to be able to do some of the voices like for Merman and shit. It was just, uh, it was my joint, man. So uh, everybody go out and support that one. So it stays on TV. Also, comic news. Harley Quinn, the animated series. In between season two and three, there's a little bit of story. And they're going to be releasing a comic that covers that called Harley Quinn the Animated Series the Eat, Bang, Kill Tour. (laughs) So that should be pretty fun. Uh, That title was announced back at the Comics Pro event and so were 10 other titles. Puzzle Box and Crush and Lobo were announced there so it's a very good indication that we're going to see all of these titles or at least most of them. Uh, The most recent confirmed as of yesterday afternoon is that Deathstroke Inc. will definitely be coming. Josh Williamson is writing that. Check this out. It is actually going to be modeled after the Batman Inc. from Grant Morrison. Oh, damn. And Sladen team will be somewhat good guys. They're going to be working for an organization called TRUST. and Of course, that's an acronym for some shit. I don't know what Mm -hmm. it is yet, but that's who they're working for. Um, So the only ones that are left that were announced are Elseworlds, DC Vampires, Robin and Batman, Legend of Batman, Nubia and the Amazons, and DC Middle Ages. DC Middle Ages? Are we we just going to get stupid ass stories of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and The Flash, etc.,
1: just set back in the 14th century Didn't they have an elseworlds book about that? I remember having an action figure when I was like 7 of Knight Batman from Camelot or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I there's mean, Pirate Batman it's that too. Definitely visited That's a story I love. Mm-hmm. What's that? I said there's Pirate Batman too. That's a story I love.
2: Oh yeah. Well, we saw all kinds of different Batman in the uh, Bruce Wayne Road Home Oh, you guys don't remember that? No, oh no, I
0: I, I definitely do. Yeah. I just this this was a this was another pirate Batman from like an old uh, Batman annual where like he and and uh, Selina Kyle and uh, Robin are like on a basically on their own pirate ship and they're just going around and having like swashbuckling adventures. It's, it's kind of cool and like Joker is like this crazy. Um, Almost like Spanish pirate type of character. It's it's really crazy, but it's a really fun. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That does sound awesome. Now, I was I Let's was waiting for you me. to
2: get done talking so I could say the word
0: swashbuckling. <laughs> and beat <me> to it. <laughs> yeah. Man, <laughs> yeah, here I just that's found awesome. it. It's it's called Batman Leatherwing. If you can find an old copy of it, it's All Detective right. Comics Annual number seven from nineteen ninety four. Damn
2: ninety four. Got it. Okay, I'll look it up. Nice. All right, that's all I've got for news. Anybody else got anything?
0: Um, I mean, I had one thing. I guess it came out a little while ago, but um, I, I, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but um, I think we talked in one of the episodes. It might have been when we were talking about the Huntress backup, about the upcoming Secret Files issue. With Huntress, um, with Mariko Tamaki and David Latham. And I guess the, it's it's kind of like a, an ongoing series or something like that. So they're doing a bunch of these. So um, they have one coming up um, starring uh, The Signal with Tony Patrick and Christian Deuce. And then um, the one that I just saw recently, but I guess this was announced back in May, which is uh, the Secret Files Clown Hunter from ed brisson and Rosie Campi, which if i'm not mistaken this will be um ed brisson's uh dc debut because most of what i know him from is is marvel stuff so that's kind of cool
2: that is kind of mm-hmm. cool and i i must have missed that because i did not hear anything about the secret files mm-hmm. uh, clown hunter so that's cool yeah I'm interested to see what this Deathstroke, Inc. is going to be like, modeled after Batman, Inc. That seems like an interesting concept when you're going from vigilante to mercenary. Yeah. Because it does, in in the solicitation that I read, I mean, they still acknowledge that that's who he is. Mm. Just that he wants to do things differently, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, even with Joshua Williamson writing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope it's he's
2: not that bad. It's
0: uh, I, well, yeah. I hope it's it's you know, um, great concept and also a great great story to match, because um, you know you don't want just the concept. Then it'll start to get a little bit dry after a while. But I do. I do have something to plug. Um, in the interest of of batman incorporated and specifically the grant morrison batman run um for anyone who hasn't had a chance to read it or is just interested um there's a video series on youtube you might have seen it um by a a youtuber by the name of matt draper it's like a three-part retrospective of the entire um batman by grant morrison run and it goes into detail on a, a lot of the themes and motifs and uh, subtext throughout that run it's it's just really well produced so if you're if you're kind of looking for a deeper analysis I definitely recommend it
2: yeah I, I I count Batman Inc among my favorite story arcs with Batman in it. Mm-hmm. I just consider the whole damn thing one giant story arc because it kind of redefines the bat family and I yeah. I really liked it yeah the timeline was janky but we, I mean we've got that ironed out now at least mostly
0: yeah. All right, well, if there's nothing else, we can get into our books for this week. Sounds good to me. All right, so first up, we'll be looking at Batman in Detective Comics number 1037. Our main story, followed by two short backup stories. So to kick it off, I'm going to let Josh tell us all about our main story.
2: All right, well, thank you very much. Uh, Detective was written by Mariko Damaki, and art came from Victor Badi. bogdanovich and jonathan Glabian, and jordy belair with letters from aditya bidikar and a cover from dan mora so you you know that looks amazing the uh the bug starts out with Huntress on a rooftop and she's there with the dead body of neil betterman that's the guy who killed sarah worth earlier if you guys have been keeping up with this story consulting Oracle they've noticed ocular discharge <laughs> Ooh, coming from the victims that they say it in the comic mm-hmm. that is a very gross phrase it's it's it some words just should not be put together uh, anyway so the victims have this discharge and they display violent tendencies before they die they also mentioned that it's parasitic but I cannot figure out what led them to that conclusion. There was nothing that showed that to me. But, in any case, they were right because later on we find out Hugh Vile, the right-hand man to Mayor Nakano, actually is a parasite kind of dude. And uh, we should have known this with a last name like Vile, but uh, this parasite kind of dude definitely makes Superman's parasite look like A Play-Doh set. This is a little (laughs) good stuff, man. This is uh, frightening. He looks like like somebody took Killer Croc and mixed him with John Ridley's aliens. And that's not pretty. (laughs) But uh, while all of this is happening, Bruce has found himself in a bit of a pickle. Or uh, more accurately, he's in the whole damn jar of pickles. (laughs) He was seen outside of his home when Lydia was yelling at him. When she, when Lydia was yelling at him about seeing him with Sarah Worth, even though she had already died. The problem is now Lydia is dead, too. Things are not looking so good for old Mr. Wayne, and he gets pulled into questioning as the main suspect. He doesn't have to sit in jail long, though, because Sarah Worth's dad is actually getting him out of jail himself. Uh... Someone had texted every officer in the GCPD to vacate the place, and only Bruce was left behind. Mr. Worth is getting him out of jail, but by way of rocket-pelled grenade. (laughs) Uh, Worth blows up the joint, and Bruce escapes to the sewers. Worth follows him, and uh, Bruce is able to duck into a microcave, come back out, and give a very swift uppercut to Worth. And that is the wrap on that one. I'm really digging the art here, Bogdanovich is great to see behind the art, Uh, he's always done good, Glapion is always on point, Bel Air is fast becoming one of my favorite colorists, that girl does everything, all kinds of different styles. I'm not sure how many times I can say that I'm into this story, but it's so solid so far that I really am hooked, however, this issue seems traditional i meant transitional excuse me and mostly like a segue so i'm taking that into consideration there was a lot that happened here but i can tell that it's this is just us moving to the next part of the story so with that i'm giving it an 8.25 out of 10
0: very cool very cool rob what did you think
1: i loved it i thought the a bit of Carter's lettering was really on point this issue the art... Yeah, that's why she's everywhere. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind if, if she was lettering every book, but that'd be a lot. Hey, hey. We have Tom Napolitano oh, yeah, cows to think of, man. There are some really good letterers out there, but <laughs> this this one just blew me away. And the art keeps up really well with the whole issue, I find. It's it's just fantastic. And lots of action. I got suckered right into all this action. It was, it was like watching an action movie that I just like tuned out and just like all the background stuff, I just doesn't matter. This is like explosions, boom, boom, fight, fight, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to wait a year and a half for the sequel? What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I'm curious about, on the last page, it looks to me like Bruce just gave away his identity to Mr. Worth. What? Where he, or Mr. Worth is in the sewer saying, where are you, Wayne? And Bruce comes out in his Batman costume and says, Here. As he's punching him right in the face. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, maybe he meant it like uh, more like here, like here's an uppercut. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Action movie Pretty again. But him the court, but yeah. uh... <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, that that's that that was the one thing. That's like that action movie twist where it's like, what the hell's going on? But I I loved it. Yeah, this, this is so much fun. It's beautiful pages all over the place. I gave this a nine out of ten.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I um I had a really great time with this issue as well. Um like like Josh said, it is kind of a transitional issue. Um but I think it kind of works is as, as um Getting some more insight into some of the more powerful people in Gotham, especially Mister Worth, um, because to see him basically clear out the entire uh, GCPD headquarters just so he can kill Bruce Wayne was a, a pretty powerful show of force, I think. Um, and yeah, he really got, get a sense. He, he doesn't of,
2: have full; he has toe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is someone who gets
0: what he wants and, and will do it by any means any means necessary which was definitely pretty pretty shocking um but thought the art was great um victor bogdanovich uh definitely reminds me a lot of greg capullo um and i mean that in a good way um so yeah it's just super solid issue and i ended up giving this one an 8.5 um but next we'll be looking at our first backup story which is gotham gazette's deb donovan and uh, rob why don't you tell us the tale and get us up to speed on who brought it to us and what it's all about
1: we will do so we got on writing duties mariko tamaki with art from carl mustert colors from jordi belair and letters from rob lee so deb donovan is attending an event for the opening of a pediatric ward hosted by wayne tech as the night goes on deb monologues about the rich and how much she hates these parties being only for the rich to feel good about themselves on the way out she takes a bottle of scotch with her and on the way home, she's nearly clipped by a motorcycle and drops the scotch. My inner Scotsman is crying. Mm-hmm. So I sum up mostly the art in the story because it's, it's hard to summarize the bulk of this story without going into immense detail. There was a lot to talk about with I, the way I took it was an article Deb was writing. But to me, it reads like an essay from Tamaki about high society. And I loved it. Thought it hit really well.
2: It definitely seems like there's a message in there, and I don't know quite so much as it's a, uh, how do you put it, um, like a an article by her, but more more along the lines of like an inner monologue. She's kind of talking to herself, Mm -hmm. and because of that, and like her old school like detective look, man, I kind of get the feeling like she's Gotham's version of Lois Lane.
1: I was getting the same vibe, but I was thinking if if DC continues with this character more in this regard, she could be like DC's version of Ben Urich.
0: Yeah, I definitely see the the Ben Urich comparison. That's a that's a good one.
2: Help me out here because you know I'm I'm a DC guy. Ben Urich, who the hell is that?
0: He's uh, kind of like uh, one of the reporters, the Daily Bugle, and works with Daredevil and Spider. Well, I wouldn't say Spider Man, mostly Daredevil, but um i Maybe say spider-man just because kind of. peter yeah peter parker was also at the daily bugle so yeah pete knows I ben
1: i think in the ultimate universe they were a lot
0: closer yeah yeah
1: but he was he was everywhere like every major event in the early 2000s there mm-hmm. was what um the front lines issues where it was just oh yeah and say the, the yeah like the uh from the perspective of Ben Urich reporting about all the events going on, like during civil war and secret mm-hmm.
0: invasion and whatnot. Yeah, no, his his kind of, or Deb's voice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't thinking about Ben originally, but but hearing you say that now, definitely, I can see the I can see the comparison. It's like a parallel.
2: I have nothing to base it on. but yeah. I believe you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh i thought uh, you know i really enjoyed the art i do totally see the kapulu comparison and that is very high praise cuz kapulu is like he's like in the top 3 artists at dc mm-hmm. uh, his his shit in 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 death metal was mind-blowingly good uh i will it doesn't matter i don't think i'll ever see a wonder woman drawn quite as good as I saw in death metal. That that's easily my favorite Wonder Woman. But uh in any case, it was fun to read. It was e- easily digestible, but I mean it maybe they're going to be bringing her into more stories, but it's going to be a long time before she's even Renee Montoya back character kind of level. So, for what it is, I'll give it its due, 7 out of 10.
0: All right, Rob, what about you?
1: i i really enjoyed it and i hope to see more of this type of story from this character i gave it an eight out of ten
0: yeah i'm uh i'm in the same boat as you i, I gave it an eight out of ten solid art just kind of a a cool look at a, a gotham journal. so yeah not not much else to say other than that but uh, next we'll move on to our final backup story which is the lucius fox story and this was brought to us by writing from John Ridley, pencils from Dustin Wen, colors from John Kalich, and letters from Tom Napolitano. And this is a short story that focuses on Lucius Fox working as Batman's armorer during Batman's early days with Robin. So after a routine engagement with some criminals go awry and the dynamic duo ends up in a kill box, Lucius has to strategize a way to get them out of there before it's too late. So after using the tech in the Batmobile to give them a three minute window to attack, Lucius has a heart-to-heart with Alfred, basically about the ethicality of employing a child in Batman's War on Crime, to which Alfred assures Lucius that Dick is on the right path. Um, and after the dynamic duo emerge victorious, Lucius resolves to work with Team Batman, but not for Bruce, uh, for Richard, and all the other teen vigilantes that will come after. Um, so, like I said, this was uh, you know a solid... Solid story. Um, I'm a big sucker for Dustin Wen's artwork, um, just because I, I think the way that he kind of sketches his stuff is is really great, especially on a, a series called Descender with Jeff Lemire. So every time I see his pencils, it makes me think about that. Um, and uh, I think the colors definitely created a nice atmosphere, especially in the Batcave. So um, I think it all kind of worked together. And then um, I think I think it was a, a solid look into the um, mind of Lucius Fox in the early days of working with Batman, so I think it just kind of worked all around. Not stand out or anything, but just you know a a solid read, a solid four page read. Can't really complain. So oh, yeah. I gave this one an eight out of ten.
2: Right on. I I, I think it, what sold it for me was that's a really really interesting way to present Lucius Fox's origin with the Bat, you know, basically to protect him from Bruce. Um, I, I, I think it's a really cool idea, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, but, I mean, I didn't hate the art. It just didn't really do anything for me. Um, some of it was cool. The colors were spot on, but in other parts, not quite so much. Um, mostly mediocre, so this one gets a 7 out of 10 for me, too.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence in those regards. I really enjoyed the story, and I really do hope to see more of this type thought it was really cool to see this uh this side of the character in an early days story and i hope to see more from the extended bat family i did find the art a little jarring but about midway through the story i i really enjoyed it i thought it fit really well all that in conclusion i gave it a 7.5 out of 10.
0: awesome awesome so before we head on to wonder woman what is your complete score guys Uh,
1: I think that this
2: book suffered from the backstories. They weren't altogether bad. They were average, actually, a little bit better than that, but it also was completely unnecessary and took pages away from a really good detective comic. Uh, It was fun, but I'm going to have to... I mean, it's a roundup, but I'm giving the whole book a 7.5 out of 10.
0: All right. What about you, Rob?
1: I went strictly to the math this week for all of my books with backups and just looking at all the scores it averaged out to an 8.5 but i I can definitely agree that as much as i enjoyed the backups the tones were hugely different from the main story and Mm -hmm. especially if if you're feeling like you're watching an action movie and then you're watching a documentary it's it's just not the same
0: yeah no using the using the math mine averaged out to about an 8.2 but i'll just make it an 8.25 for simplicity um so yeah, no, I, I think I think a solid issue overall, um, and uh, and that's that's pretty much it. So next we'll be looking at Wonder Woman seven seventy three. This was brought to us by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan, with artwork from Travis Moore, colors from Tamra Bonvillain, and letters from Pat Pursue. After Diana enters the fortress of the Valkyries and argues with the Valkyries about their duty to save the people of Valhalla, Thor and the other warriors show up ready for a fight. Uh, but Diana puts Thor down uh, before he can do any serious damage and is momentarily mentally ambushed by Dr. Psycho, who is furious with her meddling in his affairs. She quickly deals with him, returns to the fortress where furious debate is occurring over the responsibilities of the Valkyries to Valhalla uh, and the problems with Yggdrasil. Uh, They negotiate a deal that Leaves everyone happy and will replenish the world tree um, with enough blood to sustain itself and also give the Valkyries some time off when they need it. So, revelry is had in the halls of Valhalla as victory has been accomplished, and Diana even reunites with Siegfried before departing to Olympus at the behest of Dead Man and Ratatosk. But it is only when she arrives that she realizes that the true damage that Olympus has undergone. Uh, And her troubles in the Sphere of the Gods had really only just begun. Um, So I thought this was um, kind of an anticlimactic ending. Like, you kind of have Thor and the Warriors show up and they're fighting for a little bit and Wonder Woman kind of gets to deal with Dr. Psycho. But on the whole, I mean, I, I don't necessarily mind that they kind of ended the situation in a debate. I guess I was just expecting... A little bit more than that considering how much they were building up to this whole mystery of you know what's going on with the world tree why does it feel like valhalla is in peril and in danger and they kind of just solve everything in a conversation like oh you have a day off and people can keep getting slaughtered and you know there'll be enough blood for the world tree and problem solved everything's good to go um which i don't know it just felt a little like we ran out of time and we needed a quick rack a uh, quick wrap up but um, it was still enjoyable, I think, and certainly the artwork is, is as beautiful as ever. Um so I ended up giving the main story a seven point seven five just because like I enjoyed reading it. Um I still enjoyed the setting and, and everything. I just felt that the, the ending, like maybe the last ten pages were just kind of a disappointment. Uh,
2: I I guess I kind of feel the same way in it. I love the art, like it was It's so good. And I felt like it did wrap everything up nicely. Even if it was a little weak. Turns out that all of this bad shit was just because the Valkyries were doing a silent protest. Um, That seems a little odd. But, I mean, comic books. So, I, I thought it was cool the way that Wonder Woman came in. You know, all of her memories started flashing back. And then she was able to broker peace between the Valkyries and Asgardians. Cool. Um, I thought the Thirsty Thor's Day joke was a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up where that was college drinking day. I don't know if that's still the same, but...
1: I, I think um, it's still there, but it has an entirely different meaning now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, I mean, I guess it set up the story really good for the next part of this arc, I'm assuming, anyway. The, it looked cool. <laughs> but I
1: will give this an 8 out of 10.
0: All right. Rob, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I really loved it. I I really do see what you're talking about with the ending being a bit of a cop out in a way. And maybe it's just because I've been playing a lot of Civilization VI recently, but (laughs) just the fact that they they kind of end it in diplomacy instead of war. I
0: thought that, you know,
1: that's a good victory.
0: Oh, my God. No. (laughs) If you're, not, if you're not going for the military victory in Civ, what are you doing?
1: I mean, I'm playing as Canada right now. I'm, ah. I'm winning in everything else besides Dominion. Actually, I'm still winning in Domination. I just Gross. I don't want to attack anybody. <laughs> sorry, <it's> just Every
2: <laughs> single time the Canadians interact with somebody, it's boop. Oops, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it just you, you gave me like... Civ Five flashbacks with my friends, and we would always try and go for the military victory. Oh yeah, just because just I think we wanted to prove how big our armies had gotten by. Yeah, <laughs> by um, like the modern age.
1: Uh, my second game, I'm definitely gonna go for military. Uh, I just I want to practice like a science or culture victory because no, I want to I want to take down all my friends.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it's probably better. Like it's, it's probably like better to do, and it's probably I don't know smarter. I'd say, but uh who knows yeah
1: anyway this is wonder woman (laughs) wonder woman (laughs) yeah uh yeah the i again art's fantastic i i love the the artwork in this story and i i really hope this level of artwork keeps up in future stories that we're gonna see olympus i believe is the next story Mm -hmm. and i do remember reading that egypt is coming up soon so i i hope that Level of of style and, and artwork just keeps up throughout the different pantheons. And I'm super excited to see Wonder Woman interact with all these different gods.
2: I'm super excited to see what this art team does with the Egyptian gods. Yeah, they're cool as shit. Looking they anyway.
1: are the amount of gold. Oh my god, and
2: Nubi, uh, 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 Anubis and I mean Ah, there's there's so many cool Egyptian gods. They yeah. they look wicked cool, man.
1: And I just, I'm double-checking. Ratatosk is sticking around, isn't he? Sounds like it. Oh, that's awesome. He has a cute little character. I love yeah. that. <laughs> all around, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss Siggy, but mm-hmm. like, hopefully he comes back around at some point. I gave this a 9 out of 10. This was just
0: so much fun. Very cool, very cool. All right, well, we'll check in with Diana one more time before we move on to our next book, and that's in the Young Diana Backup Story, which Rob will tell us all about. And speaking of backups that don't really follow
1: through, this one comes from writer Jordi Belair with art by Paulina Ganucho, colors by Kendall Good, and letters from Becca Carey. Diana has returned the lost book to Cleo, and together they find there are pages missing. Afterwards, Diana visits Megala, the island hermit. Megala confides in Diana that she has the missing pages and entrusts them to give to Cleo and only Cleo. Diana continues to realize that the Amazon's history is built on lies. Now, not to say anything bad about the creative team because in other books I've seen these people on, they do a really good job I think. But what's Mm -hmm. even happening anymore? I'm a little lost at this point as to what's the point of this and where's this going and this is really just Diana questioning, like is this her going through like Amazonian puberty and just like questioning everything and it's it's such a weird story and I'm curious if it's going to go anywhere and honestly DC if this doesn't somehow connect to the main story what was even the point
0: yeah
2: what the fuck was the point anyway we did not need this yeah all of this crap could have been handled in four page backups or even just a flashback in one issue we don't need this and it's like you said sum it up it is fucking weird Mm -hmm. it's like drawn for five year olds written for 12-year-olds and as confusing as if a 97-year-old wrote it that was deeply into dementia. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I I think it's still, I definitely think it's weirdly dense for a story that has so little going for it. Like Yeah. It's just, it just it feels like they're talking about so much and yet nothing really happens ever. It's boring. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean it really is. Yeah. Well, all, all around that, I gave it a 6.5, which I think is a little generous on my part, but I, I'm still holding out hope it's going to go somewhere interesting.
0: Yeah, I gave it a 6 out of 10, and that, that was me being generous.
1: I feel like I was
2: being generous, and I gave it a 5.
1: Ooh. That, that seems a little more deserving. <laughs> uh-huh. uh,
2: well, yeah, uh-huh. and I'm not going to ramble on to this one. I made it clear that the first part of... Wonder Woman is really good even if you're not into the story you have to appreciate the fact that it is light years beyond the quality of the following backup It's it sucks for it but it took an 8 out of 10 all the way down to
0: 6.75 yeah it brought mine to around a, a 7 out of 10 which is unfortunate but just the backup story really dragged it down
1: and then the math doesn't lie for me. I had a 7.75 for the total.
2: That's a really high score when you're including young, that. yeah I but I, I really
1: loved the first one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right
0: All right well moving on to our next book. we'll be looking at Batman the detective at number three so I'll let our resident Tom Taylor fan take it away.
2: I wear that badge proudly. (laughs) Written by Tom Taylor with art from Andy Kubert, Sandra Hope, and Brad Anderson. Clem Robbins were on the letters, and the cover was done by Kubert and Anderson. And there's a great reason why I love Tom Taylor. It's because he, I think he does character studies on every person he's about to write because he gets their voice so perfect every single time. Whether whether you like his stories or not, you have to respect that part, man. And this book starts right up where we left off with Batman carrying Ducard to the hospital with, um, well, four extra holes in him. After getting there and spouting off pretty much everything a hospital could need to know about a person, besides, I guess, their insurance info, we get a flashback of when Bruce met Ducard. After Bruce helps stop an assassination attempt and offers, quote-unquote, an obscene amount of money, Ducard agrees to train him. Bruce wants that from Ducard because he is the world's greatest bounty hunter, or um, if you're in a comic book, that's called a manhunter. The next few pages is about what Bruce learned from him and his account of going after his very first criminal. Which does not go well, by the way. Uh, Ducard actually has to save him, but when he does, he shoots the uh, criminal point-blank right between the eyes. And as you can imagine, Bruce doesn't handle that very well. So uh, Ducard kicks the shit out of him. And then they don't see each other for a while. The next time they do, Batman is trying to track down another guy wanting to blow up a city. And Ducard got there first. A fight breaks out, but Ducard breaks But Ducard tells Bruce he didn't kill this one, although that guy is definitely dead. So back to the present, and the police are knocking on Bruce Wayne's door. Why? To arrest him for the death of one Henri Ducard. Cool story, Bruce. Cool story, bro. (laughs) How many times did you get arrested this week? I think you might be stretching the truth a little bit. Seriously, though, I I do continue to enjoy this, even though the majority of it was a flashback, and that tends to get on my nerves. The dialogue is great between the characters. Like I said before, every voice is perfect. And the art man, I mean, Andy Kubrick is the bomb. The way that Bruce looked the first time I saw him in the book was a little off-putting, because he looks like a giant, grizzled marine drill instructor but uh i i actually love the look of them now really really digging it the whole book all white background on the cover too thank you more that looks sick this one gets an 8.5 out of 10 total cool beans man
0: very cool very cool rob what did you think
1: i i love where this is going. I did not expect him to get arrested, even though it happened twice this week, mm-hmm. but it, it, I, I, it's, it's just cool to see where this is going. I, I didn't think that, and this is kind of more where my unexpected turn was going to be. I, I thought before the book came out, each issue was going to be him in a different country and not a look into the history, but I still love this. I thought it was really cool to see early days with Ducard and we're just getting so much of just historical moments with extended bat family if you can call it a card bat family but just oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I think it's great especially with you know this, this character's been around nearly 85 years now <laughs> and right. there's just been so many characters over the years that sure we may have seen stories of this caliber like 50 years ago but not many people reading these days will remember stories from 50 years ago to see new stories like this i think is fantastic and it's it's good to it's like keeping up with the history if you will but i i loved it it's an 8 out of 10 for me the art's fantastic you were doing a great job
0: yeah i um, yeah. i i i i also really enjoyed this issue um i think it it, it kind of lost me just a little bit because um, I think I was expecting more progression with the overall story and we kind of came to a halt just to focus on uh, the relationship between Ducard and Bruce, um, which I think was well done but I think I just, I was like I kind of wanted a little more answers to who that mystery um, Batwoman was from the last issue um, just because they had kind of been you know building it up a lot, um, so I'm hoping that it doesn't get too rushed out and then next three issues but um we'll see but i think the star of this show for me is definitely andy Kubert, like hands down um art throughout this was absolutely phenomenal phenomenal and when we see the classic like oval batman suit it just looked so good um the coloring and the design and everything so um I'm, i'm a sucker for when they show flashback suits like that and and Andy Kubert really impressed me. Um, so that, that,
2: that was one of the things that I loved about Three Jokers. Man, was mm. that bat symbol! It was you, there's something about the yellow.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a great great aesthetic. So um, yeah, it was just really well done. And, and like I said, I end up giving this one an eight out of ten. But next we'll be taking a look at a anthology book featuring some other Bat Family characters uh, as well as some of the Uh, main Bat characters that we all know and love and that's in Batman Urban Legends number 4 so kicking off our first story is the Red Hood uh, story which Rob will get us up to speed on
1: we got from writer Chip Zdarsky art from Eddie Barrows and Ibra Ferreira colors from Marcus Toe and letters from Becca Carey The Red Hood is being blasted by Mr. Freeze and trying to escape he finds the whole building is iced over Before Freeze ices him over, Hood contacts Oracle and, realizing his dire situation, asks for Batman's help. Upon getting word from Oracle, Batman is determined not to leave Jason behind again. And throughout all of this, we get flashbacks of that heartbreaking story from Death in the Family, where Batman just kind of left him behind, and Jason ran off and got himself killed. So Bruce is determined to not let that happen again, and he races to find him saves him and succeeds and before he can thaw oh, jason he also gets frozen over by mr freeze with the cheer drug lord himself and i'm not sure that man's been named yet no yeah. he
2: hasn't but i'm going to assume that he goes by the name
1: cheer yeah, yeah. i, 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 I can feel that and that costume is pretty sick i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i, I yeah. like the costume yeah. costume is pretty sick Yeah, the the flashback stuff and just seeing their relationship grow. I I really hope the character growth for their relationship. Yeah, yeah, I
2: mean the story is getting deeper into Red Hood and Batman mm-hmm. because honestly, I feel like that's what this story is really about. And the teardrops are basically just a plot device. Uh, dude, I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. It's it feels like that relationship isn't just being written about it's being explored and it actually feels like it's being done right so hell yeah
1: yeah yeah i honestly think chip should have his own red hood book after this i hope so dude yeah, that would be, that would so be amazing
2: cool. and do we even need to mention the art
1: oh well we do but at the same time we don't <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's glorious i mean <laughs> that mm-hmm. seems like an odd word for comic book art but yeah. I, I loved it so much yeah I gave this one a nine out of ten.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, I gave this an eight myself.
0: Yeah, I gave the main story an eight point two five. I think the the score might have been a little bit higher, just um, uh, just because it 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 felt a little short. I don't know if you guys felt that, but it like especially yeah. during kind of the chase where Batman's going after the truck, um, like it, it felt like it went by pretty fast. They kind of pull over jason falls out of the back and then boom Mm -hmm. like end of issue with the the smiley guy um so okay
2: so here 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 is probably where i should have taken away a point but i i just comic booked it um when freeze freezes somebody it's like instantaneous right Mm -hmm. so it's flash freezing right if he flash froze Red Hood, and then Red Hood fell out of the back of a speeding truck,
1: he would, have, would shattered. have shattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or should have. And and even if he didn't, he should definitely be suffering some brain damage because he landed on his head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I and I think uh, like muscle damage brain. and <laughs> nerve damage because <laughs> like he landed on like the side and his arms were still up. So like if he yeah. fell on that level, like your arms would be extremely damaged. I would think. Mhm. but comic books I yeah. out of 10, fuck it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright well our next story features Luke Fox and this was brought to us by uh, writing from Camrus Johnson which I, I didn't recognize that name so I looked it up and I, I guess he is the actor who plays Luke Fox in the Batwoman TV show um he I is so, amazing that.
1: that's pretty cool yeah he's really
0: good in that show yeah I I, I I i like i said i gotta be honest I, I i don't i haven't really seen anything with the cw so like i think i saw the trailer for the show <laughs> and that was about as far as i got um but i mean yeah, yeah i think i think it's cool if he's got a, a, a story to tell about luke fox why not right um, but yeah, anyway, me. um, like I said, this I'll, was I'll be
2: I- honest, I checked out the Batwoman TV show just because I'm a huge Kate, Can- mm-hmm. Kate Kane fan, but, and, and I mean, Ruby Rose, uh, 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 she, she left the show and you could tell that it was like this uncomfortable thing and just in her acting and it didn't feel right. The show would, I, I mean, I, maybe it's better now, but I, I couldn't enjoy it.
0: But, okay. you know, no, I, anyway, I have no idea. um Um,
2: you mentioned uh somebody you you didn't know i guess uh the the name other than scott Dalhouse, i can't say i know anyone on this team
0: (laughs) yeah well yeah it's uh yeah writing from Camris johnson the actor who plays um luke fox with pencils from um Silton mckize colors from andrew Dalhouse, and letters from troy pateri And uh, this is a short story, not a ton here, really. It's just Batwoman takes down Riddler in kind of a classic style Riddler trap. And he also reflects on his relationship with his estranged brother, Tim. And one of the memories uh, he remembers from their shared time together actually helps him solve a clue. Towards the end, after facing off with Killer Croc, they team up to fight Riddler. And Luke realizes that maybe Tim being back in his life isn't so bad. Um, So I thought it was you know kind of a solid one and done not too much to say um the one thing that i was most worried about really was was the colors cuz i have not always been the biggest fan of andrew dollhouse i've found his colors to be incredibly muted at points um but i think it kind of worked here or at least it was better than i've seen it um but i think like i said it was just kind of a you know a solid one and done not not too much to say, so I ended up giving this one a seven point five.
2: Like I said, I wasn't really familiar with anyone other than Travis Scott Dallas. And I guess you could say Troy Petiri. But um I do I look forward to more of this. The art I thought looked really good and Johnson can write a pretty decent story. There just wasn't much to it. Mm-hmm. And while it's it's adjacent to the things going on, I'm not even really aware of seeing Batwing at up or <laughs> at all hmm. Jeez. any rec- any time recently, except for very briefly in Future State, right?
0: Yes, and in the uh, the Batman Second Son series. So,
2: there you go. Um, th- it was good, but it's it's definitely not required reading for being a backup i think it's worth a seven out of ten though Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i i thought this was really cool to see from somebody in the mind of luke fox Mm -hmm. somebody that plays him on a a regular basis and i i think it shows off that he really understands the character but that that's just my opinion i don't know how how well everybody else that might be more well-versed with luke fox would see it but i thought it was pretty cool and i wouldn't mind seeing more from his own little mind i thought it was a fun little story the and this is actually that perfect, man. Yeah, and th- this is actually the first of two stories written this week by the actors who play the characters, and the second one you'll see in the DC Pride. Oh, Good. really? With uh, with Dreamer, yeah. Oh, Cole wow. Maines is writing the Dreamer story there. Also, I'm not going to give away too much, but she really understands the character. <laughs> yeah, awesome.
0: yeah. Man, I, mean, I, I, guess... I did. Oh, sorry. No, go on, go on. I said, I guess that does make sense. I mean, you figure, you know, you're pretty much living with these characters for however long you're playing them. Like, you probably have some kind of idea of how they would be in a story, and then you just kind of write around that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's a it's a cool idea.
0: Yeah,
1: I I did forget about this until honestly just now. When we were talking about it but uh dctv did actually release promo images of luke fox i i haven't watched any of season two of batwoman but of him suiting up in the batwing costume and they're oh, finally wow, getting there actually it looks pretty cool. fucking good <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sweet. so yeah that's cool uh yeah i i really enjoyed the story it was a fun little story i gave it an eight out of ten nice
0: all right. Well, moving on along, we'll be taking a look at our next story, which features um, a a very popular Robin, Tim Drake, and uh, I'll let Josh tell us about that one.
2: All right. This is titled Tim Drake, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. And then, unfortunately, it's only part one of three. But it was written by Megan Fitzmartin with letters from Pat Brazol and art from, and I know Pat Brazol on Twitter, and I know I'm saying your name wrong. I'm sorry. I just, I can never remember how to say your name right, man. Uh, Art from Belen Ortega and Alejandro Sanchez, who is absolutely one of my favorite colorists and maybe, maybe my favorite at DC. Uh, This art is nearly perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. So the uh, the story opens up with Oracle talking to Tim Drake on on comms. The very first lines in this book are from Oracle to Tim Drake, and it goes, "Oracle to, which code name are you going by now? Are you Red Robin, Just Robin? <laughs> I am not calling you Drake."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he says, "Robin's fine till you know till Damien gets back in town." But uh, back to the story, anyway. So somebody is kidnapping teenagers in Gotham, and Robin is on the case. Oracle called Tim to get help running a diagnostic on the Bat computer because he apparently designed the system. And he doesn't. she doesn't realize that he's on a case until he's pretty much done with it. That's how good of a Robin that he is, and coincidentally why I think he should be the Batman. Um <laughs> Anyway, he was able to get the name out of Chaos Monster from a couple of friends of uh, one of the kidnapping victims named Claire. When Barbara started (coughs) to nag Tim about using his brain for college and himself, Tim decides that he's going to go off-duty and clicks off on the comms. He's on his way to see an old friend. Apparently, it's one friend that he hasn't spoken to in a very long time, at least well before he was adopted, it looks like. They're catching up a bit, and who should appear and um, kill the waiter while they're at it? Mm -hmm. And that's that's Chaos Monster, of course. He looks like a really angry cross between some sea creature like a squid and a mountain goat. I don't know. But he's definitely funky looking. And Chaos Monster is faster than Tim by far and knocks him out. When he wakes up, it's to a cop telling him that his friend Bernard has been kidnapped. I love this. It showed how good Tim Drake is. Uh, it, it, it acknowledged how big of a fuck up Drake was. The the art is beautiful, man. Without without any hesitation, this gets an eight point five out of ten.
0: They did make a mistake, though. If, if they if they were going to, well, there's another point I want to make, but I'll get to that later. But they did make a mistake, which was if Tim is going to see an old friend of his should not have been bernard it everyone knows or at least a tim drake fan should know it would have been his old friend ives from the 90s who's like i know who's like the super like nerdy one who plays like (laughs) video games or whatever it should have been ives i'm just saying and i only know ives because i have like one random issue of like robin from the 90s and it's like this (laughs) random character and it's just i don't know it just like stuck with me because it's like what the hell kind of name is ives
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even think he exists in the in the current incarnation. But, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but originally that would have been who his best friend was. Yeah, because right? I am a Tim Drake fan. So I knew
0: you. <laughs> I, I, I knew you. I knew, you'd, I knew you'd pick up on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was a a, a pretty solid issue. Um, I mean, solid issue, a solid story, um, especially featuring Tim Drake. Who it's nice to kind of see him doing solo stuff um instead of yes, kind of being is. on an ensemble um and uh it's,
2: it's nice to see him not spending entire issues texting stephanie brown
0: yes yeah well yeah, well it seems like him and steph are kind of on the outs which was a little disappointing i have to say um when did that happen
2: it, well hopefully it happened because everybody just went you know what i don't think we're going to build off of that wonder comics imprint i hope that's the case yeah
0: well it's just weird that it was kind of like i don't know brushed aside like oh she's my ex now when did we break up i don't know happened at some point i guess which Uh, you know in a teenage relationship like it's believable but just a little felt like kind of a little bit of a brush off but um
2: it did happen before bendis started the 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 teen his teen titans run yeah. they did break up before that mm-hmm.
0: at
1: least that had a bit more of an explanation yeah well they, yeah they'd, like, they'd, they'd broken up and, then and
0: gotten it. back together like right after jt 4s detective comics and then i guess we're together in young justice and then i don't know it's all very weird and complex but um point is th- that was probably one of the things where i was like eh but other than that that was a you know solid tim drake story and like i said it's great to see him Back in Gotham City, doing his own thing, being a being a detective and so forth. So, I gave this one an eight out of ten.
1: Followed you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am so happy we're finally getting some Tim Drake content. And I don't know about you guys, but I also refuse to call him Drake.
0: Yeah, as I'm sure everyone does
1: yeah i'm really hoping this will spark more interest for tim stories mm-hmm. we need more he's, he's just been on the back burner and like the only real tim drake story we got in the past few years was from Bendis, and i want more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give it give us more uh yeah this is an eight out of ten for me i'm curious to see where this goes art was fantastic
0: all right well Next, we have our final story in this anthology, and that is our grifter backstory. This was brought to us by Matthew Rosenberg with pencils from Ryan Benjamin, colors from Antonio Fabella, and letters from Sajja Tamafonte so grifter and deathstroke are in the midst of a total showdown throwdown and you're like holy crap grifter versus deathstroke what the hell is going on Um, i that was i was like yeah yeah he's like well (laughs) friends uh, it's it's all a very clever ruse as grifter makes very clear see they hired deathstroke to cause some ruckus some very loud ruckus to attract the attention of a certain someone to take him off the board temporarily But just as grifter and slade set up the trap it seems they cut something they did not account for and no it's not a squirrel or a bear or a really big dog or something like that it's something far more red blue and uh kryptonian let's say that Uh, so (laughs) at the same time as all this mayhem wayne tower is under siege from some assassins from leviathan and given that the trap was not designed for that whoa i think i skipped a sentence okay <clears throat> Given that the trap was not designed for him, soups easily breaks free and pursues Grifter, who needs to get the hell out of Dodge fast. After attempting to teleport into Wayne Tower unsuccessfully, likely to get access to more of the Wayne Tech secrets, Cole has to call for immediate help from an old wildcat friend who saves Lucius's life from the Leviathan Assassins before leaving. Uh, with Superman still in tow, despite his attempts to slow him, Grifter quickly ports out of there before Supes can catch him. And Big Blue briefly catches up with Batman with the intent of further pursuing Grifter, though Batman seems to want to take this one on personally, given the events that occurred at Wayne Tower earlier. Or at least I think that's why Batman was kind of giving Superman the brush off. Like, I'll just handle this myself. But it's time he got some final answers from Cole Cash by any means necessary. So I I thought it was awesome. Like, I've, I've really been enjoying every single part of this this grifter story uh, like and, and it's funny i think i went into it kind of excited because i was a fan of matthew rosenberg and i was looking forward to seeing what he would do with grifter but um i i think it's it's actually kind of exceeded my expectations and and i just yeah. kind of enjoy it more and more every time i get a chance to read it and um grifter versus deathstroke is something i didn't know i needed i'm sure it's happened before during the new 52 but i think this was probably a better presentation anyway um and i I don't know it's just there was a lot of great stuff and then there is like i mentioned a wild cat that is called into action at wayne tower um we can spoil it here if you want we're not, but I mean,
2: you might as well. Let me just put it to you this way: Brandon has been fucking right
0: since day one. Indeed, I have. Yeah. And and <laughs> if you if you were paying attention, like very close attention, there's another wildcat that's mentioned um, as Grifter is trying to teleport out. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure by this point we have confirmed the existence of most, if not all, of the wildcats. I think we're still waiting on um, like Mall. But if I had to guess, Spartan definitely exists because we know that Jacob Marlowe exists and Jacob Marlowe is like the father of Spartan. So I'm pretty sure that Spartan exists. So we've, we've got we've got most of the Wildcats at least. But
2: the one that I'm still trying to figure out is who's on the fucking radio.
0: I think we confirmed that in the last it's not one. It's Yeah, well, it's, it's not Zealot. I think we. Oh, well, I guess we spoiled it. Whoops. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's the Wildcat, by the way. That's who shows up. It's Zealot. <laughs> um but I think I think we guessed last time if it's not Zealot, it's Lady Tron. Um oh, but yeah, at least yeah, we yeah. know at least we know that Zealot is still working with Cole Cash. So um and I guess if we're doing spoilers, we can just go all the way. The other wildcat that Cole mentions, the one that's teleporting him around, is is Void, who is like the, the one special. who's got like that silver jumpsuit on and basically teleports people. So pretty cool stuff. But like I said, I loved it freaking enjoying the story and i'm, I'm almost kind of sad that the next uh issue is going to be the last part of this series like yeah. i don't know what's coming next but i, I hope he's got more plans for it because like
2: i I hope they give rosenberg an ongoing grifter or even better wild
0: cats yeah wildcats. oh that would be so yeah. great that would be so it great really would man and i've seen people like on reddit speculating that that might be coming next just because they've been name dropping so many Wildcats, but i don't know
2: yeah hopefully it's not just easter eggs for this story yeah i yeah. hope
0: i hope not
1: yeah, it does feel like it's an, a reintroduction of people for some people that either might have forgotten about these characters or just didn't know about them before just to get them primed for an ongoing book yeah i,
2: I think that was the whole purpose of the midnighter uh backup stories and, and that that we got during future state and that we're getting now is to promote the authority and remind everybody about
0: that. Yeah, so which
2: is where him and Apollo came from.
0: Yeah, that's why I think it, it definitely could lead to Wildcats because yeah, if they've got Midnighter uh, going to uh, the authority in July, you know, it's it's very likely that we could get Grifter in the Wildcats at some point. But we'll have to see. Is there is there a place Stop. for the Wildcats in the modern marketplace? I hope so i wish but we'll yeah. have to see
1: Well, it really looks like dc is just like doing take two on all their big 90s properties that people <laughs> enjoyed but yeah. kind of felt like milestones back authorities back and yeah wildcats is next yeah well I, I feel it. like
0: the wildstorm stuff's always going to have a, a pretty big presence at dc just because as long as jim lee is in charge he's yeah. <laughs> gonna want to keep them around forever <laughs> yeah so that's fine by me man yeah but yeah, no, I can't complain. I had a really fun time, so I gave this one an eight point five. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I liked it too. I gave it an eight, but uh, man, I definitely did not see Superman showing up in this at all. But uh, it's it's typical banter between Batman and Superman. I don't think there was any kind of specific motivation. It was basically like Batman being Batman, saying "Get the hell out of my city. Mm. I got this." Yeah. Um, but uh i always love grifter and i think i could say i might always love rosenberg writing him especially if it looks this good while he is doing it we we need a grifter uh series or preferably a wildcat series so it doesn't so grifter doesn't become the batman of the wildcats but yeah just, just give it to us, please. Rosenberg writing. Well, yeah, my yeah, my hope is oh, yeah.
0: if you could have a really good Wildcat series, it I don't know, it would kind of basically get people to be like, okay, like I I like the Wildcats, I'm willing to keep reading them and not just not just Grifter. You know what I mean? Like I'll read these other characters too. Rosenberg and Jim Lee make it happen, DC. Yeah. Oh, that'd be uh, great if you could get him to draw a couple issues of Wildcats again. I don't know if he ever would, but. Hey, Dare to Dream. Yeah, man. <laughs> but anyway, how did you guys uh, rate this issue, or this this backup, this final backup, and then I guess the issue as a whole?
2: Like I said, I gave the the Grifter an eight out of ten, and the whole book was damn enjoyable, man. A mm-hmm. uh, really, ni- really nice to look at all the way through. The art's fantastic, and if there is more Batwing coming, which I hope that there is then I hope it's more engaging of a story than this. That th- th- The Batwing was the drag of this book, and really, it wasn't bad. It was just not enough. Mm. So I'm taking that, and I'm rounding the whole damn thing up to 8.5.
0: Very cool. Rob, what about you?
1: I like, really enjoyed Grifter for me. It was the highlight of this mm-hmm. issue, and it was an 8.5 for me, where everything else was an eight i have one question though and and i don't know if they explained this and i missed it but at the end of the last chapter he was hanging off the side of wayne tower well bruce and lucius were walking through that restricted area mm. and that was the to be continued and now all of a sudden he's fighting Deathstroke. as awesome as that was how did he get down
0: that's <laughs> what i want to know yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm assuming i'm assuming <laughs> he found some kind of way to get out but yeah yeah
1: it just seemed like they, they left that as such a cliffhanger. Like, oh, what, what's he going to do now? And then they just kind of ignore it. But I, I still loved it. And I, again, got taken in by the action. Like, that first page you see Grifter and Destrop going at him, I'm like, holy shit, yes. yeah, I yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> just get the feeling that... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rob. I was just um, rounding it all out. I gave the whole book an eight. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I loved it.
2: Do you guys get the feeling that Grifter is kind of morphed into, at least a little bit, uh, DC's version of Domino?
0: I can see that.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice.
2: I mean, a lot of his shit is luck and smart mouth. and and, (laughs) You know, that's Domino.
0: Mm.
2: uh, I enjoyed it,
0: man. Yeah. All right. After
2: these messages, we'll be right back. Now back to our program.
0: Hope that wasn't too terrible. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Next up, we've got Justice League: Last Ride Number Two. This was brought to us by Chip Zdarsky, pencils from Miguel Mendonca, colors from Enrica Angelini, and letters from Ann World Design. So in a time before, not so long ago, but. Uh, Somewhat recently, the Justice League, along with nearly everyone in the DCU, held off a fierce invasion from Darkseid, who had planned to use Mother Box bombs to invade Earth. Several members of the League and other heroes are seen engaging in battle and evacuation, frantically trying to save lives as Batman and Martian Manhunter try to find answers in uh, Darkseid's apocalyptic control center. Superman and the GLC try to fight off Darkseid's armies on Oa, hoping to prevent Darkseid from gaining access to the central power battery uh, to no avail as Darkseid suddenly appears, but this was all in the past, a time when the League felt weak and overpowered. Now they have a mission and a purpose, and that mission is back on Apocalypse as the Justice League head towards Apocalypse. Batman gives Wally the cold shoulder during the flight there, while Lobo smack-talks the League all the way there, but this melodrama is interrupted when a ship hurtling towards a black hole, sends out an SOS message, to which Superman, John, and Hal immediately intervene. Superman is momentarily overpowered, but John and Hal come to the rescue. This is but a momentary distraction, however, as they approach the husk of apocalypse and all the danger that awaits them. Uh, Wow. (laughs) So much drama. Oh, my God. Um, I think the last time we talked about this book, I was like... I, I didn't even know what to rate it. I, I put like a question mark out of ten because I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Um, yeah, I remember you saying that last night. Yeah, and I, and and I think I I think I'm I know where I stand now, um, and I and I like it, because um, I I mean I really, like, I don't know I don't love angst, not a lot, but I think it can work in some places and like. Finally getting, not the full picture, but, but you know, a, a kind of a teaser of, like, what really happened to the League that made them just kind of hate each other, basically, um, was really Bart. satisfying and, and kind of gave me a glimpse into understanding why everyone is kind of the way they are right now, especially Superman, I think, because, I mean, the last time we saw him, he's kind of, you know, he's struggling with this idea of, like, oh, I can't save everyone, and you're like, yeah, I've kind of seen that before, but now it's really like oh my god like i let so many people die in the green lantern corps and potentially martian manhunter and like i have that weight on my shoulders and i'm just trying to save as many people as i can and even as he's trying to save that ship and he basically can't and hal and john have to step in like that's where i really felt it um so i mean at least for me i felt like the emotional um crux of the story came from superman but also batman and and wonder woman and um, I guess Flash is just kind of there, trying to process it all, um, because. And and this I mean, is this even is an, him
2: and Green Lantern and shit. They were talking about it when they were flying. Yeah, into space. there is a heavy emotional kind of. Oh yeah,
0: well, book. and that and that leads into a question I have, which is, um, Batman explicitly calls Flash Wally, and in the last issue we see him, and this is just like me trying to pin it down. It has like kind of no bearing on the story, but. Last issue he has ginger hair, which is kind of trademark for Wally. So my question is if this Wally has kind of adopted being the flash, does that mean that Barry died in the crisis? Like that' would be my guess because yeah. he says he wasn't there, but there was a flash there
2: well, I mean that that that's the only thing that popped to my mind mm-hmm. was that you know that's why. I, Wally is the Flash. Yeah. I mean it it's it yeah. almost seems as though he's like Or at, Yep, that's the one that I want yeah. to be Flash or, so or, he just went with it. Or at
0: least that's why Wally is wearing Barry's like new fifty-two suit, not the rebirth like kid flash suit that he has. Right. Um but yeah, I mean just very well done. Like, um I don't know. I think in a better world, in a fairer, kinder world this would be the main justice league book and justice league dark would be the backup and everyone would live in peace and harmony but that's just not how the world is so i guess we just have this separate justice league book and we also have to read the Bendis one too um but like i said super strong i think i think kind of a a better debut for me or at least it kind of solidified my feelings on this book and and i really enjoyed it so i gave it an eight out of ten and then i'm not even going to really talk about the artwork because just look at it. Just look at it. Like oh, yeah. that's all I got to say.
2: It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. This book. I mean, obviously, we got to look at it as an Elseworld book. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, with Wally dying in the crisis and or <laughs> Barry dying in the crisis and obviously not coming back, so definitely Elseworld. Elseworld. But uh, I honestly had to go back and reread the first issue to figure out why they were in battle. And I think that it was so dense that my memory just went, eh. So I reread the whole first book, and then I read this book, Mm -hmm. and holy shit, man, this stuff just flows so nicely. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of cool, because I got to enjoy the first story twice. Uh, And the whole thing so far is just great. I really want to see what's going to happen, because it's called The Last Ride for a reason. And obviously it wouldn't be called the last ride if they had already broken up and now they're getting back together uh you know i mean they're coming back together out of necessity but i think there's going to be something that just drives that nail in the coffin before this book is over with Mm -hmm. so i'm giving it an 8.75 out of 10 i had a hell of a time and the art it's exactly what you want to see in a great book so what do you think what do you two think will happen
1: in this series? Uh, i just listening to you guys talk about it and looking at some of the artwork. My mind is just exploding with possibilities right now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I'm thinking this last ride, when we're talking about the last issue, I was thinking this is a lot like DC's version of the The, the End imprint that Marvel did, and mm. this is Justice League The End, but obviously they can't use the end they go with last ride and i was thinking in the first issue maybe not so much but the second issue definitely it's it's definitely the last ride for the justice league and if you're doing that like this story is dark it's not dc stark but it's really getting there and i think it could get to that point where just everybody's going to die yeah and maybe lobo is foreshadowing the story when he says i can't wait to see all of you die <clears throat> And Uh, if anything. He would definitely
2: be able to, because, I mean, I've seen him be reinstated
1: from just one drop of blood. Yeah. And if anything, Batman might be the catalyst. Like, we still haven't seen exactly why Superman and Batman are at odds with their choices, but if I remember right, and you've reread the issue, Martian Manhunter was one of the big things right yeah we yeah
2: Marshall manhunter volunteered to go on a mission that batman set him up on even though batman knew he was going to die yeah and my, so my Superman is pit.
0: my guess is like that's kind of what we're seeing in the you know in the apocalyptic control center where him and john are kind of trying to find out how to stop dark side's invasion so mm-hmm. my guess is he's going to make a call with John that will get him killed, but what that is, we just don't know yet, but it'll be interesting to see.
1: I'm I'm seeing something here. I didn't notice the first time in the panel where John and Batman are in the control room, and there's these loud booms, and they're getting ready to fight, and I noticed Batman and John are standing exactly the same way. Their arms are in slightly different positions, but their leg posture, their... Their body posture, the way their heads are turned, it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And you could say that that's maybe just the artist doing a copy and paste for time's sake. But Jean also has those little grooves on his arms where Batman would have on his gauntlets the little, like, jut out, like the blades on his. I never know mm-hmm. what they're called. And it's making me think, Jean's obviously a telepath. He's got his hand, his, his fingers on his head. Maybe he's reading Batman's mind to get all the combat skill and knowledge that Batman has, and he's just flowing Batman into his own mind. And maybe that is probably what'll happen. Because we've seen before, Bruce is more than ready to sacrifice himself to save the day. Mm -hmm. So maybe that is ultimately what happens. John is just channeling Batman and sacrificing himself. And that's what Superman blames him for, because that's a classic Batman play.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely
1: possible. Or John
2: just knew that, You know what was, you know that Batman was right, and that's what would need to be done. So he's like, okay, I'm the only one that can do it. Let's go.
1: Mm. Yeah, but yeah, this this is just a fantastic story. I oh my god, it is
0: just gruesome. I do think this book probably has my favorite line of this this week. Um, Surprisingly, not Grifter, but this book, um, which is as Darkseid is kind of materializing on Oa. Um, he says, "Apologies for my lateness. I had some errands." And he's just holding the dead bodies of the guardians, which shouldn't be yeah, funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. I know it shouldn't be <laughs> it funny, was, but yeah. it was like, yeah, it was just it was, was kind of yeah. awesome. So
1: it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that being said, I gave this a nine out of ten. Oh my god, it's so much fun. If you enjoy death of your favorite travel <laughs> superheroes, but yes. yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, go get deceased. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: Alright, well, moving on to our next book, which I assure you is just as bleak and depressing. We'll be taking a look at The Joker, number four. And uh, I'll let Rob walk us through that one.
1: Gladly. So this one comes from James Tynan IV, with art by of March, colors from Eric Prianto, and letters from Tom Napolitano. So the assassins are closing in. Lady Bane strikes first and takes down every guard in her way. She gets her hands on the Joker fast as the Samson twins show up to get their stab at Joker. Before any more can be done, Joker sets off nerve gas bombs and takes down everyone there. Gordon wakes up in the jungle in the middle of the night. Joker is just finishing up his needlework on Buddy Samson, and Joker wants to hire Gordon as a P.I. to find out who gassed Arkham. Gordon is still convinced it was him, but still Joker leaves Gordon telling him where he will be next. Lady Bane arrives just after and frees Gordon, telling him to go back to Gotham. You have no place here. And speaking of Gotham, Barbara is investigating Cressidia hard, and that investigation has caught the attention of the Court of Owls. As Steph leaves for the night, a Talon appears behind Barbara. Duh. This is such a fun book. The art's fantastic, the story's fantastic, I keep saying fantastic and everything, Mm but I'm running out of adjectives.
0: No, you sound like Mr. Fantastic. (laughs) But, um, hey. sh- sh- oh my, <laughs> my vocabulary is not stretching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: Anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, oh god, I don't even know what more to say about this book. I'm just loving it so much. It, it's it's such a side of these characters we haven't seen before.
2: It's done really well because everything that pops up is kind of, sort of not what you see coming. Yeah. And uh, can Bane Girl kick some ass or what? Oh my god. Dude, she pushed over a gigantic tree with just her legs. Yeah. Yeah. She tackled something like, I think I see five there, like at least five guys at the same time. She just tackles them. Can I say that that is some of the prettiest nerve gas I've ever seen? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, She-Bane is apparently apparently just like her daddy. Uh, She's got the same kind of personality. And at, at least the same kind of uh, the manner of speaking like Bane does the more intelligent approach that they give him she feels the same talking about light and darkness um, I gave this an 8.5 out of 10 man You, it, it's fantastic this is the best Joker run that I've ever put my eyes to <laughs> and uh, you know the one titled Joker yeah about speculation time if it's not Joker, it obviously wasn't Peacekeeper One. Who did the attack on Arkham?
0: Yeah. maybe Simon Saint. That'd be my guess.
2: That's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah, because yeah. it would give some, you a, some kind of scarecrow. Yeah,
0: it'd give you a good excuse to kickstart the Magistrate program. Plus, exactly. you know, I don't know if he's working with the Court of Owls, but if he kind of has his ear to the ground and he knows there's a manhunt out for Joker that kind of, you know, kills two birds with one stone because you kill okay. the Joker and you get control over the city with your Magistrate program, so it's kind of yep. a win-win. For him, anyway. Yeah, but, um, yeah, this issue was great. It, it actually, I ended up giving it an 8.25, and it would have scored a 9 for me, but um, it just, I, I don't know, like, it, it had me, I think, all the way up until... Um, Joker kidnapping Jim Gordon and kind of going on that monologue and I don't know what it was about that monologue but it just it didn't land for me um, and it just like I I kind of I kind of had a similar problem during Joker War where it was kind of like his, Tynan's voice for Joker is kind of like I don't know it it kind of goes back off. and forth yeah it can be a little off mm-hmm. for me where it's like sometimes it really works and sometimes it just it's kind of kind of like what are you even what are you even talking about. And this one was kind of... Yeah, kinda, it goes from
2: Joker to generic villain.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's very... He it, it almost, like, becomes Lex Luthor for a second. Um, kind of, yeah. But an anarchist, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it was just, like... It really had me, especially with the, the opening stuff with... Um, she... Is she called She-Bane, or is it Vengeance? I don't know. I I wasn't... I am
2: vengeance. It, it, keeps falling. That's, it keeps. I mean, that's a Bane line. Yeah. That's a Batman yeah. line, and I think that's just. I'm. I'm assuming that that is just a tip of the hat to that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you guys could be wrong. Her name isn't She Bane or Lady Bane or Bane Girl. Yeah. I don't believe that it has been shared officially mm. yet. Yeah. And I guess maybe just me knowing that line so well. I just assumed that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So maybe you guys are. Maybe her name is Vengeance. Yeah, that's kind of a cool name for a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, anyway. Um, so yeah, all that stuff really worked for me. Just I think that like final monologue just kind of threw me off a little bit. But for the most part, it was still a solid read. So um, I'm hoping they can can just keep pushing this mystery forward. And then, I mean. Getting any kind of scenes where Oracle is working with the Batgirl is like—that's that's, that's going to win me over in a in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. So, yep. um, just Not yeah, just done really well.
1: I don't know if it'll help you at all, but it definitely helps me when I'm reading Joker monologues to just hear Mark Hamill's voice mm-hmm. yes. doing it, and it just makes it so much better because <laughs> it can't do it. It, any it other makes way. it sound like the animated series character, and they, that's just an iconic Joker. Yeah. And so i i gave this a 9.5 if only besides the art and the story just being fantastic i'm gonna say that the nerve gas colors are for pride month because it's all rainbow and Uh, that just brought the score up a little bit for me oh i you know what i I didn't didn't even even put that that together that is cool man yeah i bet you're right we will definitely find out. Well, I don't know if we'll find out, but that, that's how I'm taking it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, nine point five for me. I I yeah. would assume so. Now that you brought it up, I would assume
2: so. Joker is another character that is infamously, well, I guess I guess everything sexual. Yeah. I mean, he obviously has a very romantic uh, partnership or attraction to Batman. Oh, definitely. You know. So I mean, so it would make sense that they that they did that. That's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's head back to Gotham for a little bit and catch up with uh, Joker's, I guess, new squeeze punchline as she sits in jail. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you tell us about that one? I would be happy
2: to. Written by Sam Jones and James Tynan IV, or as Brandon refers to him, JT4, mm-hmm. but I prefer to call him the Tiny Onion. <laughs> uh, art came from Mirko Andolfo and Romulo Follardo Jr. and on lettering we have Ariana Maher Mar, excuse me. After the fight with Orca last issue, Punchline is knocked out and hurt pretty bad. So the guards find her, they're calling an EMT and then we flash over to Bluebird. She's in some hot water because Aiden, I mean, uh, that's his name, right? Aiden? Mm-hmm. I think so, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, He's got her tied to a chair surrounded by fire. She's able to break free, grab her gun, and use it to shoot out a window to vent the smoke. Not a great idea. I guess she's never seen Backdraft? <laughs> anyway, the explosion knocks her outside and knocks her out. Leslie is trying to raise her on the radio, but it's not working. And then we go back to prison. And we finally get confirmation that this is not the Queen of Hearts. It didn't make any sense to me that that's what it was, and I mean, there were elements that tied her to the Royal Flush gang, but her being the Queen of Hearts didn't make any sense to me, and she is not, she's the Queen of Spades. Uh, The redesign would have been unfavorable, in my opinion, if it was Hearts, but uh, that doesn't matter much, because the design of her face is about to change. (laughs) Yeah. The Queen of Spades' entire team switched sides on her, and Orca beats the hell out of her. Orca says she won't kill, but Punchline says that they have no such issue. Now, and I feel really dumb about this, but we really should have seen that coming.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I give it an 8.25 out of 10. I'm enjoying the art. I'm enjoying the story. There's some wonky bits, but nothing that takes away from it too much, man.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely agree that that's actually what I had wrote, ri- what I had written down. That the reveal was good, but we should have seen it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 can Yeah, I kind of feel really dumb. Maybe it's just the <laughs> the hair color, but that shouldn't have done it. Uh-huh. <laughs> nope. Yeah, well, I I enjoyed it. I I don't know where this is going yet. I'm just happy Bluebeard's still around. Yeah, he had. Yeah, yeah. But this was a seven point five out of me. I. I it's not necessarily bad backup, but just comparing it to the main story, it's like a footnote.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think even compared to the last couple of chapters that we've gotten, this was probably at least for me the weakest one. Um, just because it, it felt like really, I don't know, like sh- short isn't the right word. Basically, like a like a cliff's notes version of a story. Like you get the important beats and then you're done um or at least it felt that way for me um yeah because so. it's
2: like yeah, i think it's the flashing back and forth between the two trying to keep track of punchline yeah and and bluebird in such a short amount of pages
0: yeah it just it it, it didn't fully land so I, I i also ended up giving this one a 7.5 where i don't even know that it necessarily would have benefited from being longer i just think maybe it, it needed a little bit more of an interesting twist for just you know a, Uh, an 8 page story but we'll see Um, but before we're done with the Joker we're going to give a brief mention to a digital first series called Joker Presents the Puzzle Box this was I guess originally supposed to be a DC Universe exclusive but uh, as we learned or as I learned last week it just kind of was released on Comixology like as anything normally would be so um, you can pick it up right now Um, but I'm going to let uh, Josh fill us in about what uh, the Joker Puzzle Box is all about.
2: Man, okay. <laughs> did, did did you guys read this one? Yeah, I did. Cause, wow. All right, so this, <laughs> this unique take on a comic book was written by Matthew Rosenberg, who's tackling grifter that we love so much, and it has art from Jesus Moreno and Ulysses Ariola, with a cover from Chip Zdarsky with lettering from Fer- Farron Delgado. And the book opens up to the Joker in a GCPD interrogation room. They arrested Joker in his so-called home, but <coughs> at the time was filled with gossips. worth, uh, wow, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> At the time, it was filled with Gotham's worst of the worst criminals. Commissioner Gordon wants to know why. Now, we're dealing with the Joker here, and the story is told from the Joker's point of view, so there's really no telling how twisted the truth is going to be, if there is any truth to it at all. He says that they're there for a surprise birthday, er, thank you party, excuse me, and that he doesn't know why. Batman shows up right after they all present him with a cake, And of course, the Bat family shows up with him. GCPD shows up, and all the dialogue is like this. It's absurdity at its finest. (laughs) It ends with the Joker getting arrested, and Jim shows him a picture of a murder victim. The Joker laughs and says, "Uh, he's not dead. The next page, we see that the person in the photos is the Riddler. The end of this page says, next issue the Riddler finds out what's in the box, which I suspect is a tip or clue toward the movie 7. The whole gist of this book is that we're going to be able, as an audience, to ride along with this mystery, look for clues in the books, and try to figure out what's going on before the final issue. And it, supposedly, it's being set up so that we, if we're really paying attention, we'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, The whole what's in the box thing, that is a pretty famous line from the movie Seven, so I'm assuming that uh, that's where it's coming from. I can't see any other significance for the phrase, so that's where I'm at with that. Mm -hmm. But for me, that was not the end of the book. I'm using the director's cut to review it, which has additional pages. So now we're... Earlier in the night at GCPD headquarters, Jim Gordon has been called in in the middle of the night, and it's because, of course, of the arrest at Joker's house. The press got word of it. It's going ape shit crazy. The police department is nuts right now. And for some reason, they threw every single villain that was at Joker's place into the same cell. That's when we see Gordon asking if any of them will talk, and Joker says that he will. The last page of this is a 16-panel monologue, or montage, rather, of everyone getting one last word in before Jim signs off in the last one saying, It's going to be a long night. Okay, so I, uh, I only had the chance to read this through the one time. Before I comment on anything else, let me just say that a narrative joker is always fun. Even if the story stinks, the narrator role works for him. And it's it, you, you don't know what's true, you don't know what's false until you get to the end of it. I love that about a narrative joker. Uh, the story so far is pretty interesting. Who killed the Riddler? At least, that's the mystery for now. There's no telling if that's going to change what the mystery, you know, if the mystery is going to change what it is later on. Mm. Um, other than that, with just one read, the only thing that stood out to me as a clue was the what's-in-the-box caption. A uh, Great job done here. I think so, anyway. I liked it. I think maybe we needed a bit longer of an issue to get into the mystery a bit more rather than just one conversation with the Joker. But overall, cool. <laughs> I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Before you guys get into your ratings or while you're doing it, were there any clues that y'all picked up?
1: Let's see that that's a loaded question for me because i I'm going to just go crazy with this one and right away I'm thinking one of the first things he said where he says uh, I just like it when food is hidden inside my food it's the surprise I guess like that's a clue. Mm. Like everything is a fucking clue, and I I'm just gonna lose my mind reading this. Cause yeah, <laughs> the book
2: that uh, a detective something I'm a at Joker's house. Yeah, the book yeah. that
0: Joker's reading when the I guess the police like bust in and catch him, which is called The Talented Mr. Ripley, which I'm, oh. I'm trying oh, to remember like where I've I've seen or heard that name before. It's but, a movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: it may be a book too, but yeah. I know it's a movie.
0: So that's—I feel like that's—that's oh, that's, that's, at least that was one of the clues that I that I noticed that it was like mm, there might be something there, but we'll see. Oh shit! Sorry, I just saw something else. Uh, yeah. So,
1: in in all the, oh god, yeah, it was in the cake. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, I, I guess we can talk about it right now. So when Batman comes crashing in. The table with the cake gets pushed right over onto Joker, and a few panels later, Joker's cleaning off the cake, and there's a piece of Riddler's costume on it. Ah, uh, there you go. Oh! Look yeah. at that. So you gotta really scan these panels, listeners. You gotta go deep with this.
2: I'm writing down all the notes. So far, we've got food inside food, piece of Riddler's costume, in the cake. Talented Mr. Ripley, and What's in the Box. Was there any more?
1: I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah, I'll
2: have to go yeah. through it
1: again. Um, what's but, even more interesting is that the costume Riddler's wearing in the photos is not the same costume that Joker's taking off his suit. Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Guys, readers, listeners, (laughs) readers, Jesus. (laughs) Listeners,
2: we are going to do our damnedest to figure out the mystery that's in this book. Doesn't mean we're going to be right, but we tend to be. So, (laughs)
1: let's
2: see what happens.
1: Yeah. 8.5 out of 10 for me, man. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Yeah, that's an 8.5 for me as well. This is going to be a fun ride
0: mm-hmm. yeah i gave this an, an 8.25 just especially really with
1: rosenberg doing it
0: oh yeah. yeah but next up we'll be going into the future at least for a little bit with future state gotham number two so this was brought to us by the writing team of joshua williamson and dennis culver with art from giannis mila giannis and letters from troy pateri so following up on the last issue set up Jason basically throws down with the Bat family as they accuse him of being a filthy, no-good traitor. After getting some assistance from some magistrate tech as things start to go south, Jason flees the scene, determined to pursue this new Batman and bring him to justice for killing innocent Gothamites during the attack last issue. After catching up with his mystery informant, who reveals himself to be none other than Bruce Wayne in a reveal that I saw coming 5,000 miles away. Uh, Jason is still uncomfortable with his mission, even after all this time, and hates betraying his family. Uh, Bruce, however, reassures him of the importance of bringing down the magistrate. There's also some melodrama with the Bat family resistance about whether Dick was too hard on Jason that I won't really get into, because it's kind of a tired trope at this point and boring, Uh, but Jason's hunt, with some new assistance from Bruce, takes him to Blackgate Penitentiary where he meets the mysterious new Batman who claims his innocence, only there's no time for Uh, Debate or clarification as all the prisoners the magistrate locked up have been freed from their cells and they are hungry for some peacekeeper blood which they are more than happy to take from our new weird dynamic duo Um, what did you guys think of this issue
2: this is a cool story here I mean Mm -hmm. we knew it was Bruce Wayne that was talking to him from the shadows but the dynamic going on here between Jason and basically all of Gotham is something that I am having fun with. The art is okay. I'm not a huge manga reader, but the art is okay. I just could go for something with a little more detail. But I I mean overall, I'll still give this one a
1: 7.5. Yeah, I really do see the manga style now. I yeah. don't know how I missed it last time, <laughs> it's, but it's really for, strong. like the f- first panel is super strong. Yeah. It, there were some panels I found a little bit sketchy uh, and a little less finished, but I i can appreciate it more now that i see it i think it works really well oh yeah i do find it really weird that we're getting two stories this week with bruce and jason just getting along it's been so long of them just butting heads if we're finally getting past that i'm okay with it but it's just weird right now it's
2: about time is what it is yeah like brandon was saying this shit of it's just it's it's a tired old trope at yeah. this point. Well, That's it's why, just like, like I've seen that. Of his character.
0: Yeah, I've seen that conversation. The Bat Family of can we trust Jason? Can't we like a times million times. times? And it's like mm-hmm. at this point, like I don't know, just get over yourselves, I guess. Um, and then the Bruce Wayne reveal, like who else could it have been? Honestly, yeah, you know, exactly, is is pretty obvious. It was going to be him. And I knew even after Dark Detective, he wasn't. There's no way he's going to die like that easily. Because he's Batman and he, he can't die. Even in death, he can't stay dead. Um, right, exactly. You can get a shot by Dark Side. Yeah, and yeah. he'll <laughs> travel through time and find his way back. But exactly. um That's Batman's superpower. Or er, yeah,
2: that's Batman's superpower. It's not that he's rich; it's that he's too goddamn stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: But yeah, I, th- I thought this this issue did a, a, a solid job. It just it felt felt like there wasn't. I don't know, a ton of story, at least for me. Um, and like or maybe I just I don't know that I was all that interested. Like it really didn't pick up for me until he finally makes his way to Blackgate and then I'm kind of like, Okay, I I'm interested to see where this is going but other than that it was mostly just him dealing with the Bat family and them calling him the a traitor and that whole thing and I was like, Yeah, 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 okay. Um, yeah. So I ended up giving this one a seven out of ten. Um, I still kind of like the artwork, though. I definitely agree that there are some points where it could have used some more detail.
1: Yeah, I, I gave this an eight point five. I just I, I'm appreciating this a lot more now, mm-hmm. and it will be very curious to see how Jace works with Jason. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Because yeah. there, uh, Jace is admittedly a little. He still won't kill, but he's a little bit. A little bit more violent than Batman is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, we'll move on to our final look for this week before we get into our top three, and that is Rorschach number nine.
2: Hey, you forgot my backup
0: story. Are we doing that? Isn't that just a reprint? The Calvary? Yeah.
1: Oh, is it a reprint? Well, hey, what's it. it a it. Re- because that's Chase Batman. What yeah,
0: uh, it was in Batman Black and White number four.
1: Ah, uh, oh, see, I didn't read
0: any yeah. of the
2: black and whites. Yeah, yes. I was like, "Oh, a gimmick that everyone's gonna copy now." So I didn't even pick it up.
0: Oh yeah, no, I because I think I think they're literally just reprinting old black and white stories. Like they had the Katsuhiro Tomo one and the last one, and uh, now right. they're doing okay. this yeah, one. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, I, I, well, I'd, never
2: mind then, Brandon. Oh
0: yeah, no, Jeez. we're good. I mean, unless you wanted to, but
2: uh, I mean, it's fine.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, we can go on to to Rorschach. Um, for sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, next we'll be going on to our final book for this week, which is Rorschach number nine. And uh, Rob, tell us all about it.
1: So we got on writing duties, Tom King with art by Jorge Fornos, colors from Dave Stewart, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So our detective is investigating the farm that our would-be antiheroes lived for a time. Going through each room, he sees a story unfold. And upon reaching the last room, notices the carpet is a little bit off. He finds out this was hiding a huge blood stain, and surmises a body is on the property. He finds the body in the septic tank, and upon searching the body, he finds the man worked at the office for the re-election of President Redford. We do see a bit of backstory between the two, the Rorschach and the kid, mm. about this happening, and we'll see exactly how this mystery unfolds, but honestly it's it's this is issue nine of a 12 issue tom king story it's
0: stretched out yeah you can feel it you can definitely yeah
1: feel it. i i did enjoy this issue a bit more than at least the last couple i gave this a seven out of ten just for you know the bit of like a, there's a bit of story progression but it's still really slow mm-hmm. and you get that a lot with Tom King these days. I, I do enjoy his writing, but it needs to be shrunk down a lot.
0: Yeah, like, it, it works with the characters. I'm still invested in that. But, yeah, I can definitely feel that the story is kind of, like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's at a snail's pace, but it's definitely kind of dragging a little bit. Um, yeah. So I, I ended up giving this one an 8 out of 10, because I did enjoy it. Um, I it just, like, I, I do wish that it would kind of pick up a little But At this point, in a 12-issue series, like, you know, how much can you really do?
2: That's kind of where I'm at, but for a different reason. I do feel like the story is going a a bit too slow and it's taking a bit too long. We're at issue number nine. Issue number nine, before I felt like we got an actual Rorschach book. Up until now, it just felt like an old-fashioned sleuth detective book. And I think that it's much closer to being a Rorschach book, at least compared to the previous eight. And in that, in the previous eight, there is definitely some hits and misses. Uh, This is a solid story. I'm not going to take it away from that, but I think it's also about four or five pages too long. At Around page 21, I had to check and see how many pages were left. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess even with as much dialogue and as many panels that we see in this book, I still expect more story from... I still expect more from a story with this character. And I'm very worried at this point that I will not be happy with the conclusion of the story. I've been on the fence, but typically favorable with my scores this entire run, except in the very beginning. All I can say about this one is that the art looks good. It does feel like a Rorschach story, but I'm getting really average vibes from it. So I gave it a 7 out of 10.
0: Cool. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's get into our top three books for this week and a standout moment if you have one. So, Josh, why don't you get us started?
2: Not a problem, man. Uh, number three, this was, this was difficult. I had quite a few of them that were right on the same line of scoring. But uh, my number three is going to go to Puzzle Box. Mm-hmm. I I really can't tell you why I'm so pulled into this book, because ultimately it's just going to be fruit nonsense. But I'm I'm pulled in. Here we are. And then number two is gonna have to go to Urban Legends. It's it's jam-packed of goodness. The art is beautiful everywhere, the writing is fantastic. Do a little bit better job with Nightwing. Give us give us more, not a better job. The job is great. It mm-hmm. just was not enough. But uh, number one, I'm going to have to give that to Justice League Last Ride. It's not only the best score I had here because the whole week was really close to call, but it was such an immense, fun ride that was not included in part of a, I guess you would call it anthology-style type book, mm-hmm. or at least one with backup. This one kicked ass, dude. And, uh... My favorite moment is going to be in Red Hood Drops. It's that panel of the Batmobile screaming down the street with Batman in the Bat symbol saying, Damn it, son. I thought that that, that whole page was beautiful, emotional, and
1: very well done. Mm-hmm. All right, what about you, Rob? Yeah, I also had a really hard time with this one. Uh, I... okay based on scoring my number three is kind of tied and i'm if i can only pick one i don't know which way to go between joker or the puzzle box Mm -hmm. and it's kind of funny that they're both joker books so i think that even even gives it more of a reason to be a tie they're both fantastic reads they both scored the same for me yeah it's it's hard to choose but i I might go towards puzzle box a bit more just because i love that level of mystery a little bit more number two is last ride i'm so excited for this one as I, I think I said everything I can say during my review, it's just fantastic. And number one, is Detective Comics. This has been a good story so far. Oh yeah. The backups have been solid at times, some a little lacking than others, but they would compared to some other backups we've had, they've been better. My favorite moments. At first, I was gonna bring up the Joker bombs exploding, but honestly, that precinct blowing up in Detective Comics. That was just a beautiful splash page. Yeah, I, I got to give you that, man. That was done
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my top three books for this week. Uh, definitely kind of hard to, to narrow down which ones I, I really, really was passionate about. But at number three, I had Justice League Last Ride. Like I said, for me at least, it was kind of a kind of a step up from the last one where I was kind of like, I don't know how to feel about this, but now I, I, I definitely have some really good feelings about it. Um, number two was Joker. Number four, um, just a, a really strong issue, even if the backup wasn't um, all that great. Um, and then at number one, I had a two-way tie between Detective Comics 1037 and Batman Urban Legends, which I think has just been really delivering on, you know, maybe not... Every single story in the anthology is great, but, you know, they provide a lot um, usually uh, for, you know, so much going on. So I think that's that's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that, that was definitely how I felt. And then my standout moment, which I mentioned earlier, would have gone to the panel of Darkseid appearing on Oa, but I'll give it instead to... Uh, The grifter story where Zealot first appears and she's kind of standing with the sword out and that was pretty cool
2: they did a great job of that too didn't Mm -hmm. they? Yeah, she looks awesome
0: I'll say but while that was fun we have something even more fun you know what it's time for it's time for oh that's nasty so which title made your stink list today guys this sucks I think it was the same for all of us, maybe? <laughs> maybe? I
2: don't know. Dude, the regular story would do so well if it didn't have that backup attached no, no. to it. It I is was a very bad decision, and it does not make sense. My biggest stinker is Wonder Woman. Mm. And I'm mad about that. Wonder Woman shouldn't be on my stinker list.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Mm. That's It's not mine, though. Mine's Borschach this week. Mm-hmm. It's just... Everything else had a bit more fun to it, and this was just dragging.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess we're all different this week. Mine was actually Future State Gotham number two. I just oh, I <laughs> thought it was kind of, I don't know, like, it wasn't terrible in any way. It was just kind of lackluster where, I mean, it really didn't pick up any interest until, you know, the end, really, and, and everything else was just kind of like melodrama we'd already seen before and um, kind of lackluster story beats. So, yeah, just not, not a ton there for me, at least, but... Yes, that's how it is that's how
2: it is yep. mm-hmm. that's how the toilet paper holder rolls i suppose so <laughs> but if you
1: do it make sure it goes over the river not under the bridge <laughs> thank you oh. thank
0: you <laughs> and that's the show we hope you had fun we definitely did come back next week for more dc comics talk when we'll be reviewing flash 771 nightwing 81 justice league number 63 catwoman number 32 infinite frontier secret files number five and supergirl woman of tomorrow number one we'll be here talking comics and we hope you'll stop by remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people and with that there's only one way that we say goodbye around here until next time
1: be good to each other
0: and don't be a robot